Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally, but feeling burned out, or finding it hard to focus on your goals, or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things, you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated, and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well-woman life. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Hello, hello, well women. So if you're listening to this as the episode is being published, it is the week after Thanksgiving. We're all uh, feeling a little full and hopefully feeling, um, having had some time to really connect with what we're thankful for and what we're grateful for and um, getting back into the swing of things leading up to the holidays. This is a really busy time for us as caregivers, as business owners, as career women, as breadwinning women, um, we tend to overdo it, don't we? So it's a really good time to take a step back and figure out where you are in the well woman life cycle. And if you're really needing to tap into intuition this week, or you're really needing to take action, or you're really needing to address your burnout, whatever it is, just connecting in with that and being mindful of it is 
really a great first step. So um, if you haven't taken the quiz, definitely go over to wellwomanlife.com slash quiz to find out where you are in the Well Woman Life Cycle. And then I send you um, more information about it and, and tools and kind of good, interesting information about where you are. So check that out. And also, I would be very interested to hear from some of you if you would email me at info at wellwomanlife.com. I'd love to hear what you want in your 2019 planner, because we are developing a Well Woman Life planner, which is going to be way more than just a calendar. It's going to incorporate the whole Well Woman framework and approach and woman-centered mindfulness uh, approach to to life and to achieving our goals. So I definitely want to hear from you. What is the number one thing that you want in your planner? And if you have two or three things, that's cool. Just jot those down in an email. I will be reading those over and really taking them into consideration as we develop this for 2019. And we'll be sending out pre-order links soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, Can't wait. That's going to be super exciting. This week on the show, I'm very excited to have Holly Kaplan on the show. She's a career coach, women in business advocate, award-winning manager, and author of Surviving the D-Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World. What we'll talk about on this episode is how you reinvent yourself when you're ready for a redo in your career or in your identity, what to do when you feel resistance in your job every day and you are not fully engaged, and how to take more risks. So it's a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with this interview. So please uh, stay tuned for Holly Kaplan. I'm speaking with Holly Kaplan today. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. I um, love, love talking to women who are, you know, just killing it really in their field and uh, leading the way and doing things differently and new. And what caught my eye about your story here is, of course, your book, Surviving the D-Click, A Girl's <laughs> Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World. And for listeners, you can just guess what D stands for. Mm-hmm. It rhymes with click. Um, so <laughs> Surviving the D-Click. So Holly, tell me, what are you up to with this book and, and in your work? And how does your work impact women's lives? I have been in the medical device field for over 20 years, and I'm, I'm dating myself, you know, I'm giving my age by saying that. I've been around for a long time, but um, I've been in the medical device field for, for most of my career, and in that field, there are mostly men. And um, I was a sales rep and a trainer, and I eventually worked my way into management about 11 or 12 years ago. And I was the only woman in the boardroom. And um, so that was like my initiation. And I learned from the men that surrounded me. And I was surrounded by a lot of good men, but there were also some behaviors in there that just baffled me. And so I just kind of took it and I tried to align with it. And I was like, I don't think this is right. 
you know, some of the bullying and the ranking and the shaming that I saw going on with these individuals did not feel natural or normal to me when it came to talking about sales strategy or promoting people or how to treat people in general. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start writing this stuff down because, you know, this, this just doesn't seem like the right way to run business or treat your sales team or create a goal together or work collaboratively. So I started journaling about it. I started writing down my experiences and I was like, well, hell, I need to write a book about this. So that was the birth of surviving the D-click because I realized that if this was happening to me, it was going to happen to other women too because as more and more women come into the workspace and into different fields and they get they get promotions they're going to come into the same things because traditionally traditionally the higher you go in an organization the more men there are because that's just how it's been for so long so that was the catalyst to me writing the book was to inform other women as to what to do and the book is punchy it has a lot of colorful language in it but it's honest it's honest and it's raw and i wanted to be able to share that with other women yeah i love it so i we talk a lot about um about the patriarchy and about women you know holding their power and um doing what they need to do to you know to make it in this world and a lot of times i i talk about um, not trying to, you know, change ourselves to fit into a quote unquote man's world, but rather change the world so that it fits for us. And so how do you handle that in your book? That's, that's a great question because that's how I opened the book because I didn't know how to, to, I didn't know what to do at first. So I tried to act like them. I became the D word because I was like, this must be right. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel right, but I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And then I had an epiphany that that's not the way things should be done. And so I decided to lead by example instead and, and do what I thought was right. But it took a learning curve to get there and realize that their way is not the only way, even though that's what was being preached to me. And that was hard to break out of, you know, like the, yeah. How did you break out of that? Like how, how did you realize that you were just becoming one of them? And, and how did you break out of that? Um, I realized I was becoming one of them when I found myself as a bully. And I wouldn't say it was um, as direct as my colleagues, but I found that I was not looking for the best in people. I was looking for the worst in people. I was emulating their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized it was not a comfortable spot for me. And I thought, why am I not using my own techniques and my own skills for how to manage people or numbers or what have you? Um, so I, I feel like I kind of had, had to hit a low point to hit a high point. And ironically, the low point came with a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I was at the top of my game at the time. Um, so but, I had to find an even place for me to, to thrive in what was comfortable. And so was it a low point because like what happened? Did your whole team quit on you? Like what, how, how did you, you know? Oh, I, I had a great team. It was about understanding my management team. Uh, my sales team below me was, they were wonderful. They were all top people. It was the people around me that really persuaded me, whether they knew it or not to go into my own comfort mode and find myself again. And what made me successful and fulfilled. And so what did you do? How did you do that? I left. 
Ah. I left. Yep. I ultimately left because I looked around and I thought this isn't the right space for me because I don't feel like I'm growing here anymore. And so um, I, I went to a small startup and um, where where women actually, Giovanna, are more accepted and where we can grow and thrive. Um, I had to find the right environment for what I wanted to achieve from here on in my career. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. So it took actually leaving the situation to kind of address it. Yeah, yeah. And looking back, nothing has changed in my rearview mirror. Nothing has changed behind me. What I can change is what's in front of me. So that's what speaks to trying to make a change for us for women. Uh, you know, I think trying to battle what I was battling with the boys club for so long wasn't getting me anywhere. So I realized that I have to work with women and empower more women instead of banging my head against a wall, really. Mm. Okay, so can you share anything from the book that would give people insight into um, how how do you survive that male-dominated corporate world? You have well, to and, speak. And maybe uh, not even just survive, but like thrive, right? Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. No, those that those are really good points because it's hard because as women, I'm a southern woman especially. I was raised to be compliant and to listen and to um, not be confrontational. So then you're thrown into this environment where you have to do all those things. And I'm like, what? My parents taught me something different, right? So you have to learn to be vocal and you have to learn to speak up for yourself. Even if the patriarchy is telling you you're wrong or they roll your they roll their eyes or they don't believe your ideas. You really have to um, speak up for yourself in in certain situations, or you will not be heard, or you you will be pushed aside. So it's almost like we have to. It takes us twice the amount of energy to prove ourselves. Yeah, it does. It's it's sad to say, especially you know with all this awareness around gender in the workplace, but it's still like that. I hope it does change, but it's still like that. Mm. Okay, so. What about, um, do you have any tips or anything that you want to share with the audience about how to decide, like, should you stay and battle through it or should you move on? Um, regarding the D click, um, or, or jobs in general? Um, well, either way. Okay. Um, uh, let's go with D click. If you feel like you are uncomfortable at your core and every day you wake up with some level of unsureness is that a word or anxiety um, it's time to go because you you can only fight so hard in those environments Um, but the best thing you can do is leave your mark and leave a legacy there that you were there and that you did have an impact on the people that you were with but look forward to having an impact on other people in your future that you can work with happily and that was something I wish I would have done five years ago. But I tried to stick it out. Um, and as for leaving a job in general, um, I would say if the company is not trying to develop you, I think that's a top uh, point to notice in if you should leave or stay at a job. Because I also found those two kind of were paralleled with each other. Mm. Okay. And what about... Um what about when you hear people say, well, it wasn't the men at work that was the issue. It was the women. You know, I haven't heard that, but I bet I've been in a male dominated field. Mm. So that's not something that's been in front of me, but I do know that there is a flip side to it. 
I do know there's a flip side. Well, I think that, you know, <clears throat> probably what people mean by that is um, sort of the way you handled it at, at first, which was just to join them. Like if you can't beat them, right. join them. And so then you have a lot of high level women managers and directors who are behaving like they've been taught in, mm-hmm. the, in the patriarchy and they're, you know, behaving in a way that is sort of this male dominated male centered way of, of being at work. And so it, it does take women being aware that that's happening and then stepping out of that and saying, I don't, I don't have to do that. Right. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that is, that's hard to realize, you know, even if you look at something like me too, and I know that sexual harassment, but it takes, it took women a long time to speak up there too. So it's, it's about the bigger picture, you know, of, of, of us being comfortable to recognize what's not appropriate, whether it's physical or emotional, you know, um, and being able to step away from it and know it's okay. Yeah. Okay. And so when like turning a little bit to like actual management tips and tricks yes. for, for people. So if you take on a more collaborative, more, more female centered or feminine centered uh, way of managing and directing, how do you make sure you, uh, still get the job done and you're not so lenient and, and, you know, collaborative that, that like nobody really gets anything done. I, I think what made it different for me is how I focused on developing my people. And I was always criticized for that. Um, because I, I, you know, obviously we had sales numbers and forecasts, but for me it was also about their development and that's what worked. And my management style is it was, okay, Mike, what do you want to do? Where do you, what do you want to do in a year, in three years? So we'd set the path and that was considered feminine because other managers didn't do that. And I did it because I felt like if they wanted to work for me, then that was the best, uh, recipe we could have. So I would work for them and they would work for me. Um, but it was, I was, I was considered all kumbaya when I was really like, look, it's about their development. And if they perform, then I perform. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you understand where they want to be and you can support that, they're going to be so much more loyal and productive. And Absolutely. It increased the level of loyalty tremendously. And I still have that. Luckily, I'm not with these people anymore. We've all moved on, but we still have that level of loyalty to each other, which has been a great halo effect of our time together. Mm. Okay, Holly, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. I want to ask you a few quick questions here. Um, The first one is, what does success in life mean to you? Um, Fulfillment and happiness. And boy, do I sound like I'm in my late 40s now or what? Um, At a point in my career, it was money and the numbers and quota and winning. And that's still a part of it. But now, having been there and done that, it's more about personal, personal fulfillment and taking care of my daughter, honestly, that's that's what it is now. And having a restful soul, that's what it's about now. Mm, I love that. I'm right there with you with, with the late 40s and, you know, yeah. re, repositioning my yeah. uh, my focus. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and it is, it's hard because you want to still totally be out there with your career and, and what you want to say and, and out in the world and we also are juggling, you know, all of these nurturing 
roles that we have, whether it's caring for kids or parents or pets or whatever. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. We're nurturing everybody around us at the same time. Yeah, which is why we focus on self-care a lot in the Well Woman Life community, Um, which I actually wanted to ask you about. Can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Um, Okay, I'm going to – I hope I say this right, and I'm honest with myself, is staying organized. I try to stay as organized as possible. And I don't mean OCD. I mean time management and um, planning for the future, really, because when you are a working mom and you have family at home, that's the best way for me to execute. Mm -hmm. So that is a habit I try to stick with because if I stray from the path, girl, it goes ugly. It just goes wrong. So that's what I try to stick with. Well, how do you stay organized? Like what's your number one or two tools? Okay, you're going to laugh. I write it down. I don't put it in my computer. I don't put it in my notes in my phone. I put it on an old fashioned like notebook, mm. spiral notebook. I get from Hobby Lobby for $4 at the checkout. That's how I do it. <laughs> so you mean <clears throat> making lists? Yeah. Putting, yeah. notes <clears throat> down there. Otherwise it probably will not happen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. And oh. how, how old is your daughter? She is almost eight years old. Oh, so I had her late. I had her at forty. So I'm 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 a late mom. Yeah, me too. I I had one at thirty eight and one at forty one. Okay, you get it then. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, okay, so Holly, when did you know you were really good at what you do? Oh my gosh. Um, as far as sales goes, um, probably about ten years ago when I really started to, you know define my own business and territory and region as a salesperson and manager when I felt like I could really hold my own and you know the accolades came with it but recently Giovanna this is new it's the writing gig you know it's something that I wanted to do since I was a little kid and um and now that I'm revisiting it I really feel like I am at a different you know place in in my life and I really enjoy it and I feel like I'm really good at it. Now, other people may not feel the same. Maybe I just feel that way because it's incredibly cathartic, but it feels like a happy space. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that kind of goes into the next question, which is what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I love that question. Intuition. Intuition. I think women are incredibly intuitive, and I don't think it's something we can take for granted. Um, we know in our gut when things are right or wrong and often we don't listen to it. Um, but I think we should. And that is something I've been trying to acknowledge more in my older years, you know, to know that my intuition is probably right a certain percentage of the time. And, um, I think that is our female superpower. I do. I love that. Yeah. In fact, I talk about four universal superpowers that all women have. Well, all people really, but I really focus on women and intuition is one of those four because it's something that we all have access to. We just don't always activate it. So, so true. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah, it's easy to, to blur it out and, and try to rationalize something or try to explain something away when really you know better. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's learning how to tune into that and listen to it. And uh, when we're so 
you know, when we're in burnout and we're so busy and so over the top, we, we can't even, we can't even tap into that intuition. We can't hear it. Oh my God. You're so right. We don't you're so, you're yeah. so it's, it's hard when everything around you was so loud to listen to that. Right. Yeah. So, so part of what I teach in the well woman life framework is that exactly that, like how do you slow down so you can tune in? Yeah. Right. For those of us high achieving women, it's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard. It is because you just want to sit with yourself and in the the quiet and enjoy it to tune in. But it's hard to get there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Holly, what advice would you give your 25 or 30 year old self? I would tell myself to not stress out and sweat and, and don't sweat the small stuff. Like I remember early on in my career where everything was so serious, you know, everything was drama and, you know, it was, you know, it was life or death. And I remember getting so stressed out about things and my job and, you know, my early 20s. And now I tell myself, slow down. It's going to pass. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying about all this silly stuff. I would have gotten where I wanted to be anyway without stressing about small things. Yeah. Do you think she would have listened to you? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) She was stubborn. She was stubborn. She had to learn the lesson. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We have to go through that. We do. We do. So do you identify as a feminist? I do. I do. I, I, I always have been since I was a little kid. I always have been. I have a strong mother I have a strong sister, and I think that my mother set the precedence for my future. She was a business owner, too, and I really never knew different. Um, and I was honestly, um, I didn't get married till I was 32, didn't have a daughter till late in life. I felt like I wanted to do other things. Not that there's anything wrong with you know, marriage and career and having kids. I just felt like there were other feminine things I wanted to put first. You know, I really believe that women should have their own thing and careers and be independent. I'm a full believer in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Holly, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? A new book called Ugly Love. Um, One of my close friends um, just launched her book and it is about identifying narcissism and identifying narcissistic traits. And it's about her marriage, which has dissolved and about things that she learned from her marriage and identifying narcissistic people. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting read to me because you'll read it and go, oh my God, I know that trait. Oh my God, I know a person like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, informative. It's really informative and you will probably, um, some anybody would be able to uh, relate to it. Oh, okay. We'll have to link to that in the show notes for sure. And um, let me just jot this down so we can have that in there. And then Holly, um, let's turn to, I want to wrap up our interview by asking you uh, for some of the tips that I know you share in your own, um, you have a coaching practice, right? Like a career coaching practice? Yes. That just started this summer. Oh, you just started it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what are, if someone is ready for a redo in their mm-hmm. career, what are some tips that you can give them to reinvent themselves? 
Uh, that's a great question. And there's so, so many people who are in that space right now. Um, number one is, is to um, look at your current skill set. Whatever your current skill set is, if I can say it, um, transfer that into how you want to reinvent yourself. Like I had a sales rep that I was very close to. He was my San Antonio rep. And um, he got out of medical device and went into insurance. And he runs his own show and he's in sales, but he's good at it. He's great at customer service. So whatever your, your strong point is, take that to the next point in your career or reinvention. Yeah. I think that's the number one thing. So for us to do something that isn't at our core would be, we would be doing an injustice to ourselves. So I think, and now we're at that age of reinvention. We can do that. We can take what is at our core and take it to the next level. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And any other tips? Yeah. Be patient with yourself. Um, I, th that's something I'm not. <laughs> at all ever. And one of my really close friends said, when you're in this mode, you really need to be patient with yourself and have the time to discover what it is that you do want to do. And if you don't know immediately, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it, I, I'm, I, that's hard for me to do because it's hard for me to, you know, not know something, but it's like we said before, we have to really relax and tune in and give ourselves patience to find that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you, um, I mean, what I hear from women is, well, I've already done, you know, I've already got 20 years in this career. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a waste to like throw it all away and start something different? And so what do you say to that? No, don't. And it's so funny. I just wrote an article about this, about women over 40 interviewing and looking for new careers. Um, I don't think that we should do that because I think we're, we are hindering our own growth. If we, if we stay in the same, you know, industry or trade, you know, I think it's, it's okay to give ourselves the opportunity to do something different. Mm. Yeah. Because is it a waste? I love what you said. Is it a waste to throw away those 20 years or is it a waste to not explore something different in your next 20 years? Exactly. And back to your first tip about looking at your current skill set, you know, look at those 20 years and find all of the awesome things that you did and the skills it took. And then chances are you're not throwing that away. You're using all of that in the next iteration of your career. Exactly. So, so true. So true. So it's not a waste if you're thinking of ditching your boring job. <laughs> Amen. Uh, <laughs> all for that. <laughs> I'm um, all for that. So what about timing? Like if, if people really are out there listening, like, yeah, I do want to ditch my boring job. Um, <laughs> when, when, when is it, you know, too risky and when should you actually jump and do it? Um, when you don't want to get out of bed anymore to do the job. I know that sounds pretty simple, but when you just, you know, there are days that are bad days, you know, but the next day is fine and you're fine with your job. But when you feel that resistance every single day and um, you're not fulfilled with what you're doing, that's when it's time to go. Not only will it do a number on you, if you don't change it, your upper level management will notice it if you are not fully engaged. So you will do yourself a disservice if you don't get out before then. What kind of planning should happen before you actually just go in and say, I quit? <laughs> Network. 
network before you do anything else. Start reaching out to your friends and creating that momentum. Start reaching out to your colleagues who have careers that you admire. Uh, maybe they know someone who can help you. Uh, maybe they know of an opening. But start networking and start creating that movement for yourself beforehand. So you don't wake up one day and you're like, oh, my God, I hate this. I got to start blankly with nothing. Yeah. Um, and plus, all that movement and networking is all positive energy. And that will help you get to the next step. Now, what about for someone who is afraid to start networking because their community is small and their current employer doesn't know that they want to move on? That's a tough one because I would I could imagine being that um, in that environment. Um, I think that takes a certain level of bravery of knowing that this this could you know then they could find out. So I think it has to do with whether you, if you're committed to your to your industry or not, if you're ready to branch out. Yeah, it's a tough one. I've yeah. been in that situation before. Yeah, right. Because once you start talking about it, like you said, the energy starts moving, and it does. You know, you put things in motion, and so you have to you have to be ready for that. <laughs> right. And here's the other thing: we have to take care of ourselves, and that's something I didn't do for so many years. I know that's a big part of what you do is talk about taking care of yourself. I was so worried about taking care of the company and other people that I didn't take care of myself, and that hurt my growth. Mm. You know, I got it back. But I think we have to be able to take risks to find our footing sometimes. Okay. Well, um, Holly, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And oh, we're gonna too. we're gonna link to your book um, in the show notes, um, "Surviving the D Click," <laughs> and um, and also we'll share your contact information in the show notes. Everybody can uh, can find it there. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun to be able to talk to you and relate to you, and it was wonderful. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.